Welcome back to another episode of the Get Thinking Podcast. I am your host, Chris McGee, and I've absolutely been banging them out this week. I've got loads and loads of guests on and loads lined up. So this pandemic is probably the best thing that's ever happened for my podcast and personal brand, to be fair. But this, this today I've got a, a special guest. I've got my old business mentor and someone I'm still remain really good friends with in the removals industry, and that's Paul Foster. Now, Paul has been in the removals industry since he was about 10 or 11 years old in his father's business. And then he went on, once he took over the business uh, a load of years ago, he ventured in and actually branched out and became a multiple entrepreneur and business coach. So Paul has helped me a lot. Um, Some phenomenal advice about getting through recessions, through tough times in business and about adapting and challenges. So real, real good episode for anybody who's interested. And Guys, please, if you really enjoy the podcast, drop me a message on Instagram. All my socials are below. Uh, ask me who you want on uh, or even subscribe to it and leave me a rating. I would really appreciate it. But anyway, here's the episode. Paul Foster. I hope you all enjoy it. Thank you. Podcast is about to begin. Hi, this is Chris McGee and you are listening to the Get Thinking Podcast. Thanks for coming on, Paul. No problem, Chris. Thanks very much for having me. Always good to see a nice, friendly face. I know it's been a while. Uh, obviously, with everything going on at the minute, you know, everybody's off work and families and that sort of stuff. Um, but why don't you yeah. just take sort of four or five minutes? Tell us a bit about your background. You know what you're all about and what you're up to now. Yep, no problem. Well, first of all, thanks very much for having me on here. Um, I'm obviously Paul. I'm 44 years old. Um, some say I look older, sometimes feel older, um, married uh, with three kids, three boys, two of them under the age of two, um, which is good crack at the minute when we're all in lockdown in the one house yeah. with nappies and tantrums. Lovely. Um, but yeah, obviously I know you through the, the removals industry and, and through coaching things that we've sort of attended together and that kind of thing. But um, at, initially, so I, I uh, worked in my dad's sort of family removal business um, and he took over from his dad who took over from his dad so uh, I was like the fourth generation involved in that and from a young age I was always out sort of carrying furniture from the age of 10, 11 um, out earning my uh, baby wages as my dad called it as pocket, pocket money you know but um, so I've always had a, a pretty good work ethic um, but I was always interested in health and fitness as well. I'm into my sports, into my rugby. So I actually, when I left school, uh, went to college and studied to be a personal trainer and fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was at that for about two and a half, three years. And then realized that I, I didn't want it. I think it's a lot different. The industries are held a lot different now than it was 20, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, um, when I was involved, that you were literally coming into the same four walls and um, having the same conversations with, with, with people. There wasn't the, the training wasn't the same, the programs weren't the same, it wasn't in depth. So I kind of got bored of it, you know, and even got to the stage where I couldn't even be bothered training myself after I'd finished work there. So I kind of missed working with my dad. I still did the odd day when I, when I could, you know, but I actually just wanted to. Yeah prioritize working with my dad and whilst the removals industry you know removals was was hard work 
every, the reward was working with him. Well, we were really close. We're both interested in rugby. Uh, both worked well together. Yeah. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Um, and then, unfortunately, he passed away in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I, I took over, you know, I took the reins myself just... Uh, right, right before the financial crash? Well, yeah, he buggered off in November 2007 and then the recession kicked in at the start of 2008. I think he knew what was coming yeah. um, and left me to it. But, um, you know, just the, the bizarre situation we're in now with the whole uh, coronavirus pandemic, you know, we've, we've just gone from being really healthy and sort of being excited about 2020 and setting some goals and targets to just had the rug pulled from under us, you know. Yeah. It looked like we're heading into a recession you know we're, we're all trying to keep our hopes up but it is and thankfully haven't been through one already like i'm i'm better prepared from this we were, we were just saying off off camera a few minutes ago you know that like we're both sort of clued into having your own sort of finances yeah. um in, in check you know and not not relying it's, it's always a work in progress you know but um you know not relying on one one sort of stream of income you know i i learned a lot of lessons and from 2008 to probably for the next five years. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I, I've sort of changed a lot of things up. Yeah. You know, I it personally, you know, and uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll get through this unscathed. Yeah. And th this is going to be a huge test for me as well, you know, because this is the first time that, I, that, that we've had any sort of real, real financial, you know, not, not struggles, but issues because. You know the income. It, it's not even like it just it, it just stops completely. Um, yeah, you've got to readjust and you've got to reevaluate. But you've also got to yeah. be there. You're trying like your main priority is to keep jobs and obviously keep your own bills paid. I yeah. think anybody made that made it through sort of 2008 and and pushed on is probably in a much better position from the lessons they've learned, like you were saying. Um, yeah. But over the last sort of five years, there's a lot of people who have started businesses and now that this time has come I don't think they're going to want to continue because this will happen again not, not this specifically but times like this will happen again and will happen again yeah yeah it's it's funny you know um it'll be interesting to see what happens you know because um there, there's probably a lot of people out there that always had on a Sunday night they had the the fear of, of going to work on a Monday because they hated their job and they're maybe being kind of locked in the house most of the time now, they're maybe thinking, maybe my job wasn't so bad. Um, and they'll maybe appreciate it when they do eventually get back. Yeah. The flip side of that is there's probably people going, I do not miss my job one bit. I want to do something else. And they're, they're maybe sort of doing a wee bit of soul searching and, and a bit of research. There's a lot of people taking online courses and reading more and uh, looking into the different things, you know. Um, and people might come out of this with actually... Uh, going down a different path and you know end up being much happier and, and, and eliminating those sort of Monday Monday dreads, you know. But yeah um, yeah it's 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 interesting. You know, it's uh yeah, I think a lot of people will, will be doing a lot of soul searching at the minute, not just watching Netflix and, and eating cake. Yeah. As much as I'd love to do all that. <laughs> and the the temptation is there. But yeah, I think you know use use uh, we spoke about it off camera. Like, using the time wisely I'm not. I'm not hustling. You know, I'm not up at five a.m. like I normally am. Going to bed at ten or eleven o'clock at night, trying to do wear all these hats. Just kind of getting up. There's still structure to the day. You're still getting things yeah. done that you want to get done. But at the same time, it's important 
I think for creativity, for you know, new ideas and, and things you want to try, just to have that little bit of time with your family or time off or time to walk or do whatever. And it, yeah. kind, of, it kind of gives you a bit of a breathing space for new ideas. It does, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't remember whether it's um, Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. It's one of those guys anyway takes at least one, one week a year he goes to like a, a kind of private island resort and that's his, that's his thinking week. Um, coming up with new ideas, literally just a week away from everyone and everything. Because um, that is, when you, when you come up with ideas, you know, um, I've actually, you know, as I was sort of trying to develop the business, a lot of my best ideas came when I was lying by the pool in Spain or something, you know, yeah. because you're, you're, you're away from the, the hustle and bustle and the chaos and you actually do have time to think. And then sometimes just a wee light bulb where you, or you sort of hear a wee conversation going on and going, okay, hang on, I, I, I could do something like that or I could incorporate that into, into my own business or I could branch out into that, you know. So it is when you're, when you're bogged down in the day-to-day runnings of, of things, um, throw babies and nappies into the mix, um, you don't get a lot of time for that. I, I do a lot of my thinking when I'm out walking. You know, I, I do a lot, of, a lot of walking, listen to podcasts, but sometimes it just listen to the air you know uh, yeah. and the breeze and that, that's when the ideas sort of come yeah and what like i know you said you obviously went through the 2008 crisis what yeah. what, were, what were the biggest lessons you've learned from that that have prepared you for what's happening now uh don't over leverage yourself um you know we were in the we were riding the, the on the crest of the wave of, of 2005, six, and seven, where the property market was yeah. was booming. Like it, it was, it was, it was ridiculous, you know. Um, and it got to a stage where, you know, even our competitors as well were saying the same. You, you were literally turning work away. Um, you know, every week you're turning work away, and through that you can sort of put your your prices up, but. You know, once once you're in that stage, you you do get complacent, you do get cocky, and you think it's gonna last forever. You know, I noticed uh, a lot of estate agents driving flashy cars, but in 2008, it's sort of given them back to the to the lease option guys, and and, and sort of got a more modest model. But we in 2007, we we agreed purchases on on new trucks, um, yeah. and we got significant finance on them. Um, we'd also we were running, we just taken on a, a 12 month advert on city beat right. um, which was quite pricey as well and, and it, when it first started it was great and it, and it worked and the brand was out there people getting no names but the the payment plan you know kept on going well into 2008 you know same with uh, a lot of the sort of advertising platforms like yell.com yellow pages yeah, yeah. you know because business was big you're like yes i want a bigger ad i'll take this you know, yeah. and, and then they're like, oh, you, you, just these are your monthly payments, but those monthly payments still had to carry on whenever there was, the work had dried up. You know, my, in 2008, um, in February, um, there was one week we turned over 80 quid, you know, but, you know, but we had like six guys on the, on the payroll full time and a few part timers as well. We we're trying to keep taking over. We were kind of hoping initially i was kind of hoping that it was just we were just going through a, a quiet spell at the start of the year and then obviously we, we realized yeah. that the, the banks had lost everybody's money and everyone was drying up and and just everybody stayed put then you know and it was yeah. it was pretty grim but 
So I, I always make sure we're not over leveraged now. Um, yeah. And the biggest lesson for me was um, don't rely, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, um, I, I wasn't a big reader back then. I was too busy working or playing rugby or I, with my mates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I read everything now. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of books I read. And I just realized, you know, I, I'm relying on one stream of income here. I need to completely change that. Um, so now I'm, I'm into quite a few different, different things. Um, and that's why during this now, I'm not solely reliant on the, the property market for one source of income. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one thing I've been trying to do and one thing I've learned over the last couple of years. But, you know, you're, you're still trying to get one thing off the ground you know, at the moment. Sometimes you spread yourself a bit too thin uh, yeah. in terms of you know trying to invest in this and trying to put time into that, and then one one suffers. Um, like I the, the over leverage thing, I've, I've kind of spoken about it multiple times for, for myself because I remember there was probably about two and a half, but, but two years ago, we'd only been going for about a year, but it was just me out working. There was a lot of there was a lot of money coming in, and you were kind of doing six days a week, and you know, everything was great, you were loving life, but then. Went out and bought a car and then on finance and then bought this and then bought that. And then the next thing, you know, January hits or you try to expand and you've, you, 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 there's a lot of revenue, but there's not a lot of profit because your yeah. incomes are so high. So you're actually working just to pay for your lifestyle, which you're now yeah. not going to enjoy because you're working six days a week. So yeah. it's taken me a long time to turn that around. And that kind of just about got ourselves into a decent position there sort of late last year. Um, but otherwise, it could have been absolutely disastrous for us just just when all this happened. Yeah, um, like you, you'd not long picked, but you, you've just got a new truck there. Did you you get finance yeah. on that? Are you able to get that put on hold? I was able to get it put on hold. Yeah, to get the payments deferred. Uh, one thing I'll never be doing is taking any more than one truck on finance ever. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just save up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Luckily enough, the other one is is owned outright by me. So yeah. What one van on finance? So the payments are still the same as they were. Mm-hmm. That you know, because I finished one payment, then bought a new van, and the, the yeah. payment started again. You were used, you were used to making them anyway. Yeah, I was used to making them anyway. But now there's now there's a, a full truck of income coming in now as well, which is good. Um, but obviously now that's all stopped. But just stupid things. You know, we're going to take on a small premises, or I think I'm going to need an office. And I, I kind of thought, wait it up, and I was like, no, because that's just going to one bad month could could. Could be bad. Could really be bad. Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's so, um, yeah, for for you, like if you if you're wanting to take on an office, you you want to have um, you want to try and have a bit of storage space there as well. So the clients you have in storage will cover your costs for the office. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, a, just taking on somewhere small wasn't going to cost too much. But then I thought, yeah, it's just not worth it if you're not if you're not making anything from storage. So, um, luckily enough, we passed on that. I spent the money on a you know a bit of new equipment, um, updating the website and things like that. So it, it worked out quite well. But luckily enough, we we didn't over leverage ourselves late last year because there was a lot of, there was a lot of money rolling in late last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the for first year that I in a company as well, we were, we were loving life and it was easy to get excited. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's I say that we we were the same. You know, we got really excited. You know, and you do you sort of just think uh, you're in this wee happy bubble and you think it's going to last forever. 
um, you know, and it could, couldn't possibly crash. And, and even if it does go a wee bit quieter, we'll still be busy, you know. But yeah, we, we went from having four trucks on the road, flat out busy, um, working six days a week, to literally in about three months, you'd be lucky if you're getting one truck out every day. And even at that, it, it just got really, really grim sort of in, in 2008. But again, you sort of, even when you're going through a recession, you, you have to sort of just suck it up and, and adapt as well. You know, so what I did was I kind of targeted um, cross-channel news back then. Because yeah. I realized that maybe a lot of people who had been moved across the water for work purposes were maybe going to be moved back and, and, and vice versa. So we targeted that in our marketing and, and we did quite a few cross-channel moves. Yeah. And we also targeted um, commercial moves as well. There were a lot of businesses that expanded their offices. Um, and sadly, you know, they then had to, to downsize again. It was, it was quite, um, it was a bit of an eye-opener, you know, uh, sort of in spring of 2008, I, I went out to do a couple of office surveys. Um, and the, the owner or manager of the company was telling me to keep it. They'd asked me not to wear branded uniform or anything because a lot of the employees didn't know that they weren't moving to the new office. You know, they were having to make redundancies and, and let people go, you know, when they were, they were downsizing, you know, so yeah. sad for them. But the, the, the business we're in, you know, it, it's an opportunity. If, if the housing market's taking a dip, you know, there, there are other, other things out there, you know, offices are downsizing. People are having to move sort of longer distances with, with work commitments and, and different things, you know. So um, you just have to sort of improvise, adapt and overcome, you know, and, and do your best. Yeah, yeah. Do you think a lot of people are going to make it through this? Like, like actually, and because the amount of people that go out and before they've even made a penny in their business, you know, before they've even started working, using their own well, I've heard it referred to as sweat equity. You know, just yeah. something from scratch and just working like crazy just to get some money rolling. So many people go out and raise finance and take on leases and they haven't even sold anything yet. Well, uh, that's it, yeah. Yeah, we're, 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 we're kind of like a dying breed. You know, you're like a breath of fresh air, you know, because it's um, like the removals industry. There's a lot of guys doing it now that have just been doing it a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and anybody new coming through um, they're usually in and out quite quickly. You know, they're in, they see an opportunity, they've got a wee van, see an opportunity, um, and they make a few quid. Like, kind of like how you got started. You saw yeah. an opportunity, made a few quid, but then you had the realization, hang on a second, I, I could do something with this. You know, um, you, you need to have a good work ethic and you need to sort of understand, you, you know, understand what, people, what the customer needs. Well. Like What's how, that? Just understand, I mean, it's all right doing, you know, you can't make a few quid on it if you're, if you're busy and you're, you're good, but if you want to scale up, it's a different skill set, which I'm only yeah. starting to learn now um, with the likes of your help and, and a few others that just through books and stuff that I've read, you know, working yeah. as a self-employed person is, is, is grand. It's hard work, but then going scaling, it's like, you know, you need leadership skills. You need to learn how to use systems and processes and things like that. Oh, that's, that's, it's a completely yeah. different skill set. Which, um, so well, you know, the important, the important thing, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Are, a lot of people are asking me now, you know, people that maybe I used to work with years ago, text me going, how do I get the van started and how do I do that? Because it looks like you're making a few quid. And I was like, yeah, but there's, it's like, it's not all cracked up with me, you know, I mean, it makes, 
everything looks yeah. rosy on the outside, but running the business is tough. If, unless you really, really enjoy it, it's yeah, you're not going to last. It's not as simple as just grabbing a van and going out. Well, that's it. Yeah, do you know what? I, I actually, you know, at one stage I considered completely downsizing and just going down to one van and me, you know, or like a, a decent sized truck, you know, so I could do one good size removal a day. Um, and having no office, no warehouse, just my mobile and a van, you know, and because we, we already have a, 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 rep, a good reputation, we'd have been busy enough. And personally, I probably would have, would have done quite well out of it, being, being self-employed, you know, but um, because, you know, I um, was, it was about 2014, I think it was, that um, I'd started to, to you know, realise that, um, that this is this is stressing me out. It's gonna kill me, you know. Uh, you know, so I need to do things differently. Um, yeah. And I actually ended up in a mastermind group with a few other guys. Um, we, we know some of them mutually, Chris Selwood and yeah. Paul McCreary. They were they were both in it, you know. Right. And yeah. we, we sort of we we probably were in that mastermind for about a year, all of us together, you know, um, and sort of helping each other out with with what's going on. It, it's good having somebody on the outside looking in on your business when you tell them how it's going and i i got asked a couple of telling questions you know um one of them was um how many hours of work a week are you working um, and at this point i was doing about 60 hours a week i was kind of half working on the trucks uh taking phone calls out doing surveys setting up getting quotes emailed out um you know doing about 60 hours a week and the second question was how much are you paying yourself and I was like, oh, well, I need to pay the, I'm only taking about 150 quid a week myself. And then the final question was, why are you doing it? Why, why, why are you doing it? You're obviously, because you, you're stressed out telling us about your, your day, you know, that's crazy. And you're wearing, you like, a, you're wearing like a badge of honour, but all the hours. Yeah, are- but it was just like, it was just mental, you know. And then um, I, I just thought, you know what? I'm crap at, at admin. I, I hate emailing. I hate Doing up, doing up codes. I don't enjoy that. I enjoy meeting people. Uh, I enjoy a, a bit of hard work and, and graft, you know. But I enjoy meeting people um, and th- telling them ab- about the business and, and my dad and, and the sort of history of it. Um, and then uh, you know, explaining how good the guys are and that we look after you, you know. But when it comes to the admin side, I don't like that. So I realised that, you know, in order for me to sort of get anywhere, um and have more sort of job satisfaction rather than just a lot. There was some there. I didn't hate it all the time. I enjoyed elements of it, but mm-hmm. I was stressed a lot, you know, and I realized that I just, I need to get somebody, I need to leverage other people. I need to get people in who are good at that, who enjoy that, and they'll do that better than I'll do it, and it'll take a lot off me. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me was worrying about taking on a wage for somebody to do that, taking on a salary of paying somebody to do that, you know, but, you know, I, I sort of worked with them, Brian and Janice Muldoon as well from One Result Coaching and, and they were like well you, you actually don't have a business at the minute you're you're self-employed and you have other guys that work with you but you, you don't actually have a business because if you were away for three weeks yeah th- there wouldn't be there wouldn't be much to come back to you know so you need to sort of um pass on some of your workload on to other people who will probably do it much better than you and it'll free up your time to grow your business and, and work on the business rather than being stuck working in it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a that was a big lesson and a big turning point for me. That was about five, five, six years ago. Yeah. 
Well, I was just in the process of, of doing all that at the minute before all this started. You know, yeah. I kind of got the removal side of it down with the guys. We had a good structure. Um, I put, by the way, have you tried removals manager at all? We've, we've had a nosy on it. We've had a nosy on it. There's, like, we've tried quite a few different systems. Some of them are just really, really pricey. Um, some, and uh, some of them are okay. But we, we kind of have, have our own sort of in-house system at the minute that seems yeah. to be working. That, that, um, that's the one that you showed with me and that worked really well for me as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Removals managers working really well for us. Um, yeah. I was kind of just getting to the point where I was like, maybe I'll just go back out on the van full time and potentially have someone in the office later yeah. in the year and do, do it that way. You, you enjoy working out in the van, don't you? I, I, I enjoy it when I don't have to, have to answer phone calls and do yeah. all that stuff. When, when I, you know, when you're out working in the truck and then all of a sudden you're trying to take phone calls, you're trying to do everything, it, it can be really, really, one, one, one phone call can put a whole dampener in your day. Yeah, and yeah. And then it comes through. So I would prefer to either be doing one or the other. Um, so you can deal with things accordingly. Yeah. But I've kind of, I kind of had a predicted maybe by the end of this year that we would have a business structure set up instead of a whole self-employed thing you were talking about because we spoke about that late last year and I knew yeah. that's where I was. Yeah. Um, I, I knew it was going to be a, a year or two before I was rolling, you know, would be generating enough money for, for us to do that. But mm-hmm. I was kind of, well, I was happy enough to take, take the, the year or two ahead and just keep going. But... It could be longer now. <laughs> well, yeah, like, you know, we, we both uh, are a fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, and one yeah. thing he'll be, he would be screaming at you right now is you're, you're not even born yet. You've got so much time, you know, just be patient, you know. Yeah. Um, if, 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 I, if I could go back to, if, if I could start over, um, I would stay smaller for longer um, <laughs> with less outgoings. And just start stockpiling as much cash as possible, so that then, whenever it is time to invest, you, you know, you you can pick up another truck, or you can, like, you have good relationships with the uh, hire companies. You know, just thrash out. You know, for your busy sort of six months, spring, summer, uh, it's not going to be twenty twenty. You know, but to say, look, what what can you do me for six months here, or you know pick something up and if the, the finance okay you know you've got another truck but it's not going to kill you if you go quiet yeah you know yeah. um but yeah it's um i i yeah you've got you've got you're still in your 20s you know for for building a business you know you could you could hammer away for for a couple of years um with the, uh, keeping your outgoings to a minimum you, you want your main outgoings to be wages and probably fuel if you're if you're racking up the miles and stuff you know yeah. and then just as you go just in, invest in in more equipment more blankets you know and just look look for the next step you, you know you're you're wanting to get premises you know just keep an eye out see what's out there and um, see what kind of money they're going certainly go and go and look at a few things see what options there are you know um and That's the right cool. is like where, where we are now is something that my dad and i looked at um about 15 years ago, uh, we tried to buy it. And then the agent, uh, the owner ch- sort of changed his mind. He wanted to rent it out. So then we were going to lease it. And then he changed the price. This was back in 2006. Um, and he thought, oh, well, everyone's making more money these days. So I'm putting my prices up. And we were in negotiations with him. And it, we were just kind of messing about too much. So we ended up getting different premises. But 
we're we're now um, as soon as these came on again uh, and we were out of our lease in the last place, I, I jumped at them and uh, you've seen them. It's location's really good and it's handy for us and yeah, good, you know and good access as well for big trucks. Good parking, good access, you know, and we're in a really good area for people seeing the vans and knowing where we are and stuff, you know. Yeah, so yeah. us it's kinda handy. I can walk here in two minutes too, which which kind of yeah. helps. But um yeah, it's 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 shopping around, keep an eye out for stuff, and then you you want to build up as much capital as you can. So if there is an opportunity, yeah, you want to you want to jump on it. You know, if there are premises there, you want to get those premises, but you also you, you might need to get storage boxes. You know, the wooden storage boxes. You know, yeah. um, you, you know, you maybe need to think, um, that, like the the more you grow, you you maybe need to think about doing your HGV license or having at least one of your guys with an HGV and getting a big truck, you know, so um, for storage jobs, so you're popping them straight on and off the boxes, you're just little months, you know, there's there's different things you can be doing, but honestly, if I was you, I would just work hard, be patient and save as, as much as you can. You know, you've got finance on that truck, get that paid off as quickly as you can. Um, so you own that, that'll be good for your company credit rating and everything as well, you know. Um, well, that was the plan this year. I had I had a, a a big, the big plan at the start of this year because I sort of looked up, looked at my personal finances, business finances, and that sort of stuff. I had a really good evaluation at the end of the year, which I do every year just for myself. And I was thinking, do you know what? I'm going to save X amount per month, and I'm just going to live like this. And and I was happy enough to do it because my personal aren't going to, aren't aren't that high. I was like yeah, exactly what you were saying: stockpile of cash and things. Were, yeah. Just about starting to go well, um, took the guys on uh, as employees, hired a couple of good guys, and just decided that that that's going to be a better structure for me and for them. Um, yeah, and that was it. And the, the, the plan was go go on a corner. Luckily enough, we had a good. We actually had a good January, February, and even March, all things considering. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, the, everything was just going right according to plan because it's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to save, save up and just keep, you know, stockpile cash. Yeah. Uh, but look, you just got to readjust and, and think about what, 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 what can you control in this situation? The only thing I can control right now is taking incoming calls, doing virtual surveys, giving people prices and yeah. just putting out content. That's all I can really do at the minute. Yeah, like for for me, this is um, this is very different from two thousand and eight because two thousand and eight, um, so you, you you were allowed to, you were allowed to work. There just wasn't the work there, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas with with this, it's like, well, look, I'm I'm not I'm not missing opportunities. You know, it's not like um, the competitions out there snapping up. All, nobody's working. We're all having to do the right thing. Um, you know, and keep our distance from people and not be in and out of people's houses. Like we, we got a wee bit of criticism because we completed a couple of removals after um, Boris Johnson's sort of official kind of lockdown. You know, technically the storage and distribution industry are still allowed to operate. You just have to follow the strict sort of hygiene and, and social distancing guidelines, you know, so we're still allowed to operate. But we, we had a few, we moved a couple of, uh, National Health Service people out of temporary accommodation and the different rental accommodation um, and we had a few people in storage whose houses they were waiting on building work being finished to their house so they were in temporary accommodation but they had to be out of temporary accommodation by a certain date 
Um, and we, we ended up moving somebody into their house that wasn't quite finished yet because they had no other option. But had we not moved them, technically they'd have been homeless or having to go in and stay with family yeah. and eight people in, in a four bedroom house rather than four, you know. So um, but we got a bit of criticism for that, but you know. Yeah, you're, you're torn between social responsibility. I, I, and it's fun, but it's, but it's so ironic. And you know, obviously, praise the NHS at the minute because they're doing a great job, um, yeah. phenomenal job. But it's, it is funny the same people telling you to stay at home, and the same people that when you tell them they're closed because you want to social distance, they're like, you know, we'll have to move, we want to be homeless, and and yeah. that's fine because you, you, at the end of the day, you've got that responsibility. But at the same time, do you want to leave someone homeless, or do you want to, you know, do you want to yeah, be people over their lawsuit potentially? Yeah, you know, so. That's that's it, yeah. Because it's for for trades people as well. You know, if if somebody's got a burst pipe, you know, they they can't just have a burst pipe for three months. You know, a plumber's got to come come out and fix it. You you just have to take as as much care as you possibly can. You know, we're we're all sort of doing doing our best and, and doing the right thing. Um, you know, and for, like for for me, as I was saying there, it's very different from two thousand and eight, and I sort of find it quite comforting, but. Like I've, I've no control over this. So, um, what are the positives for me? The positives are first and foremost, I'm spending so much time with the boys, um, and with Maeve, and she'll probably be glad to see me going back to work. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, that wasn't part of the deal when we got married. We weren't supposed to spend this much time together. But um, no, I'm I'm really enjoying that. I'm reading a lot more. Um, and from a health point of view, you know. It would be dead easy just to get in a rut, watch a bit more TV, and lab out the house a wee bit more. But you know that that sort of allowed out once a day for exercise. I'm sort of making the most of that. Like I'm walking for for two three hours every day. You know, but I'm also while I'm doing that, I'm I'm sort of against the the myth that men can't multitask. I'm sort of getting the exercise and listening to a podcast or an audio book, so I'm learning as as well as getting the exercise. You know so. Um, and you know if this drags on for they're talking about another 12 weeks or so in 12 weeks i'll i'll have a lot more knowledge behind me on my belt I'm, i intend to learn a lot in the next 12 weeks you know um and i'm just gonna really enjoy the the, the lack of stress you know i'm not i'm not stressed out but you know initially there was the panic oh my god what, what are we gonna do this is that we're gonna have to close the doors that's the business done you know but then as the government started sort of letting everybody know what help is out there you know rates relief you know um and different packages for your staff uh, and self-employed you know a couple of our guys are self-employed but they're they're getting the help as well come june you know so but you know it's actually you're like okay we're not actually we're, we're closing the doors but we're not going to be losing money we're not losing money for indefinitely you know because it's all you know back. it's all coming back well it'll all come back you, you know and you know I mean, you could be posting on social media every day, you know, but people will maybe be fed up hearing from you and going, look, everybody's just sort of to downtime. But every now and again, just dip into social media, let everybody know you're still there. You're still able to give people prices, you know, like like yourselves. You, you want people to have a quote and say, look, we're happy to go with you as soon as we're up and running again. You know, there are estate agents that are still in contact with people. Um people that were due to complete before the lockdown and before the the, the, yeah. the plug got pulled, you know, that if they've got their quote, their agents got it all agreed, they're just waiting on contracts to be signed, you know, 
once everyone's doors are kind of open and we're getting back to normal, you know, hopefully within a week or two, that first week or two back, there'll still be a few bookings in there. You know, I think that, um, that first week was was insane. The, 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 you know, the, the lockdown was announced on the Monday, I think. And then on the, the Tuesday, I mean, from Tuesday to Friday, it was like 90% of my day, apart from being on trucks and take calls. And it was just reassuring people that everything was going to be okay. Just yeah. people yeah. were just... I, that week was probably the worst week that we would, or the worst week that I've dealt with so far in terms of having so much coming at me. Um, yeah, but then it's, it's not knowing, not knowing the answers. Relax. Not not knowing the answers to tell people. You know, there's people. You know, I'm doing two weeks. Yeah. Um, is that still going to go ahead? Ask Boris. I I really don't. I, you know, at, as at this present moment of time, yes, it is, and we're we're being as careful as we can. You know, but if things change, and then it did change, and then it was locked down. You know, and people are ringing us saying they still want to move, but then they're ringing us in the afternoon saying, no, I've just been told it's going to be put off indefinitely. You know, so you're just trying to. It, it was. You're basically firefighting that last whole week, reassuring people as much as possible. You know. And then saying, look, keep in touch with us. Keep in touch with the reagent. Everyone's working remotely from home. Um, I'm sure solicitors are as well. And hopefully whenever there's a bit of a heads up, right, we're going to be sort of getting back to normal in two, three weeks. You'll be able to, to give us a bit, like you'll, you'll get booked in as early as we can get you booked in, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was, a, it was just, a, it was just weird. You know, it's just a bizarre week and nobody knew anything, you know, and like we, we closed off the office to the public sort of in advance just to, to protect our, our office staff, you know, and, and sort of being as responsible as we can, you know, but then it was just like your staff and everything as well, what's happening. Yeah. I don't know, I'll update you as I'm updated, you know, but everything sort of calmed down. And once you get past yeah. the uncertainty and you know, right, well, there's nothing we can do. This is how it's going to be. Everyone's everyone's looked after in some shape or form financially. Um, and we're not going to be losing money the whole time we're closed here. So mm -hmm. it is what it is. I'll just keep, read two books a week. Keep, keep, keeping the optimism alongside being honest with staff is probably the main thing because you're trying you know, you want, you want to stay positive for them. Like, yeah. make sure that they are in a positive mind frame and know that yeah. know their job's safe. But at the same time, you need to be honest and just say, look, I don't know what, everything because, you know, it's well, yeah, changing three, four times a day, I'd say. Like, yeah. on, the, on the back end of whatever's going on with the HMRC and the government, I'd say there's a lot changing day to day. So just try and keep yourself updated and hopefully that's... Well, that's it. We're we're lucky, like the um, from a driver's point of view, you know, there's a big demand for drivers now. There's a lot more people getting their shopping delivered, um, you know, and online shopping has has gone up, you know. So, um, as we're chatting about before, like we've got a couple of, of our drivers in for they've got four weeks work, you know, it's all perfectly safe. They're taking all the precautions, and I think packages are just left knocked the door, and then wave at them from the van to make sure they come out and get it okay you know that kind of thing and, and the guys are happy that they're doing something you know um and there's still a, a wee bit of income you know there's not a there's not a lot of money in it but it's keeping those guys taking over those guys don't want to be sitting in the house just well, uh, getting a hand out from the government. 
yeah, they just they just want to be out doing something. You know, maybe their partners want them to be out of the house doing something more than anything. They maybe got through that list of odd jobs they've been waiting two years to get right to. I did uh, see yeah. people painting paint fences and everything yesterday. People you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to get fed up looking at each other. Well, that's it. And I've never seen so many people out walking. Yeah, you know, I uh, I'm quite close to Redburn Country Park in Hollywood. The uh, black lab that I w- I would take up there and. You know, I I go walking up there for two hours, and most days you would maybe pass half a dozen people, because uh, some of the hills are quite steep. But see now, like you're passing somebody every two minutes. You know, there's families dragging kids up the hills and all. Right, we we'll have to get our fresh air, but it's just yeah. um yeah. But you know what? You know, long may that continue. Like it's always good to get outdoors and and stay yeah. healthy. So hopefully this is a not a wake-up call, but you know, people are like, oh, maybe we should be doing. Maybe we should be watching less TV and on yeah. the on the tablets and the iPads a wee bit less and get the kids out. You know, the, the way I, I, we were growing up. You know, my my oldest, he's coming ten, um, and he laughed at me last week when I told him that when I was his age, there was no mobile phones. They just don't get it. You know, we've got a whole sort of generation of kids growing up that just don't understand yeah. what it's like not to have God, tablets in there. God bless the internet. Seriously. Oh. It, but yeah, I mean, like uh, imagine if this had happened, and we were still as we would have been in in the sort of eighties and early nineties, like no no Zoom, no Skype, no Facebook, no YouTube tutorials. Like I I watch so much YouTube, just tutorials, personal development stuff, just constantly learning stuff, you know. And but you, you I mean, you have to be careful that kind of stuff, you know, because there there are two things you control. You can control what you what you eat, what you consume in your body, which determines how healthy you are, and then also what you watch and what you listen to, which determines how healthy your mind is and your mindset and your emotional state and everything. You know, so I, I've got to a stage where I'm not even watching the news anymore. You know, I'll watch snippets and I'll be selective about what I click on to more. So when it comes to um, what the government's doing financially and the support that's out there, rather than the virus and how many people are ill it, it's awful you know it's it is really awful and it's just so strange and so sad but i just got to say like you you, you were, the people were watching the news more than than ever and you're watching the news at 10 o'clock at night and it just depresses you but and worries you before yeah. you when you start dreaming about viruses mm-hmm. you know and that kind of stuff it, you just need to switch it up. it's okay not to be completely up to date with with how many people have contracted it, you know. Um, because then that's all you talk about the next day as well. It's like you first thing you wake up in the morning, you see someone go, "Jesus, did you hear X amount of people die?" Yeah, yeah. Like stay updated and stay educated, but definitely like just constantly being glued to the news, glued to social media, glued to what's happening. It it, it will have a, an effect on your mental health, no matter how headstrong you are. So if that's what you're consuming, that's what you'll become. Well, that's it. Yeah, like I, I have a wee routine where every morning I listen to or watch one YouTube video, but it's it's a, it's a more sort of motivational or positivity or you know it's good for your mindset, getting your head in a good good place, you know. And and I just I, I journal as well, so I sort of write down the things that I'm grateful for, you know. And it's um like it, it's dead easy to be stuck in the house and feeling sorry for yourself, but it, you know you you have to. You know, you have to keep your head right. You know, you, you don't want to. It's it's not good for you being in that state. You know, and no matter 
how bad things are for you, you know, like there's always something to be grateful for. You know, I have not contracted coronavirus, you know, so I'm grateful for that. You know, nobody that I know or I'm close to has. So I'm grateful for that as well. You know, I'm spending loads of time with kids and really enjoying it. I'm grateful. There is, there's always stuff to be thankful for. You know, I can't remember who said it, but uh, somebody said, I I cursed the fact I had no shoes until I saw a man with no feet. You know, you know, so you might be barefoot, but at least you've got feet because somebody doesn't. You know, there's always something to be grateful for. And um, as I, Gary Vee, we're both a fan of Gary Vee's. Like he said, perspective is one of the most powerful things one of the most powerful things you can have, you know, perspective and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I was actually just going to ask you about your, because like, I know a lot of people who watch this or listen to this may not know. Um, obviously, you are the owner of Foster and Sons Removals, and that's kind of how we met, but you also work as a, as a coach as well, business coach, yeah. sort of personal development coach, which, yep. which is one of the other reasons how I know you as well, because you really helped me a lot with my business. Um, but why don't you tell everybody a bit about your coaching practice and uh, what sort of clients you work with? Yeah, um, was that I I learned a lot in the you know running the removals business myself, um, you know, and one thing is we've sort of touched on was I knew what my strengths and weaknesses were, um, and at one point I was for throwing in the towel and, and giving it all up because uh, there were so many aspects of it that were just stressing me and I wasn't enjoying. And at that time, I myself went to a life coach um, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made, you know, um, for, for clarity and realizing that it's okay not to want to do diff- different things. You know, I kind of felt that there was a big, res- I felt so responsible for, for keeping people in jobs and, you know, you have a responsibility. Like I, I my, my ethos is that, I want people to be better off for having met me, you know, no matter what I'm doing, no matter in, in what capacity, if it's socially, you know, hopefully they've enjoyed my company. Um, if it's through the removals, you know, what is usually a, a stressful time, I want to take as much stress off them, like yourself as possible, you know, so that, and it actually turns into a reasonably good experience for them. Um, but when I was sort of getting the life coaching as well, I kind of realized that, you know, there's other stuff that I really enjoy doing that I, that I want to do, you know, and um, you listen to, to voices and they're like, well, you can't, you have to pick one thing and focus on it, you know, and I realized, well, no, that, that rule's not going to apply to me, you know, um, you know, my, my main business is the, the removals business, but I only want to do the elements of that that I really enjoy, you know, overseeing it and um, meeting the people doing sales and, and surveys um, and then a bit of the aftercare as well, you know, but I've now leveraged other people. I, need, I knew I needed to get other people in that business to yeah. free up my time so that I'm able to do other things that I enjoy. It's okay for me to have other interests and those other interests end up um, turning into sort of uh, other businesses and, and sort of sideline businesses and things and, and the coaching was one of them so uh, I worked with a life coach myself and I found it so beneficial um, and by the end of it you know I thought you know what? I, I would actually really like to do that you know and I think I've learned a lot over the years you know um, I kind of laugh when I see life coaches out there at the age of 20 you know and it's like well you haven't even lived yet you know so you're not really a life coach you, you might specialize in 
and some that have a lot of experience in, in something, you know, so be that approach. But, you yeah, know, if you've go, experienced go, go, a lot. Go, go, and, nation, what you're good at. Well, yeah, but, it, you know, so, and I think that um, I, I've sort of been through a lot personally, um, on, a, on a personal note and through through a business capacity, you know, and as I, I, I also worked with Brian and Janice after, after I was sort of coming towards the end of a, a it was once a month I was getting with my life coach face to face, and then in between that, the, the fortnightly, um, we would have a, a Skype call uh, to see how things are going, you know, um, and it really did make a difference. You know, my life was completely out of balance. You know, I was putting everything into the business, but I'd apart from playing rugby, I, I'd no real social life. Uh, I was single for as long as I can remember, you know, um, and a lot of other stuff, you know. Whilst I was putting everything into business, my own financials were, were kind of taking a hit, you know, because I wasn't paying myself very well from that, you know. So it's just like, why am I doing it, you know? But I, the, the life coach really helped me get balance. Um, and, you know, listening to her, sort of, she explained to me, you know, the, the difference in you by the end of the year when, when you're sort of finishing off working with me is why I do it. That's my oxygen. You know, that's, I, I love making a difference in people's lives. So, I mean, I'm, I'm the same, you know, and I sort of, so I took the life coaching courses and business coaching courses, you know, as I worked with Brian and Janice in the business coaching as well. And um, I learned a lot from them, but I've also just learned a lot through running a business and, and starting businesses some of them worked really well some of them didn't work that well so i i had to tweak them and make the changes so i've, I've learned a lot <laughs> sorry she just was licking the handle there for the 10 minutes sorry you had to I, I did wonder what was what was going on there uh, hello yeah it's somebody good looking on the camera there you go oh. every time we've got somebody on here she's watching me um, no, but I, I sort of, yeah. so as we're saying, you, you know, I, I've, I've, um, you know, like I, I follow a lot of business gurus. I read a lot. Um, I study a lot. I've taken a lot of courses, you know, um, and I thought oh, you, you need to have X amount of qualifications before you can sort of do that. It's like, well, no, you don't. You know, I, I already People just had, need to know if you can help them. That's that's just need to know if you can help them and if you have information. And I ended up, you know. I got into the, I, I wanted to get into the coaching, but I ended up getting my first clients by accident because I got talking to them at something social. You know, we were out in a group and a friend of a friend started talking to me and asking me questions. And then I had sort of said, yes, I'm, I'm sort of training to be a coach. You know, I'm almost finished my qualification. Um, and they were like, I, I, I was thinking about getting some, some business coaching, you know, so, uh, and I ended up working with them um, I have a few clients over in the States um, and, and it varies, you know, I'd say like I'm, I was uh, into the health and fitness. So I, I, I'm helping a few people with their uh, nutrition and their diet. And it's like, it's not in detail where I would be personally training them in the gym. It's more just giving them all these tweaks and changes they can make, you know, different things they can do. You know, when it comes to uh, a lot of things, the, the one thing that makes the biggest difference is the consistency you know so um there, there's one client in the states frank um, and he's like he's overweight he's trying to lose weight um and i we, we sort of it was, it was really quick to get to the bottom of what the problems was you know 
of what yeah. the problems were. So we, we've just tweaked it, you know, with breakfast different. He goes walking three times a day now, you know, um, and whilst, you know, a 20 minute walk doesn't sound like it's going to make a difference to your life, that if you do that 20 minute walk two or three times a day, every it's single day, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, that, that difference is, is huge. And if you can introduce, so that's, that's one thing he's introduced to walking, you know, tweaking the diet. And then sort of we've sort of stepped up and we're, we're doing sort of basic exercises like squats. You know, we're, we're almost at the burpee stage, you know, but it's things like that. And if you do it consistently every single day, you're allowed to dare to you off. But if you do it every single day, you know, over time, that makes a big difference and you get results. And it's it's just um, the, the thing that gets me the most is whenever you're chatting to them and they can actually they can start to see the difference, you know, um, and, and they just... They're, yeah it's it's just they're just super happy with it you know yeah um, I, i've helped a, a couple of people with startups and um, there's a girl started a, a cleaning company mm-hmm. yeah i have a cleaning company myself you know um, and i made mistakes when i set that up you know i set up a cleaning company um at a, at a couple of employees initially it was a we wanted to extend the, the service we gave people um through the removal so we offered a removal day cleaning service um, so I hired a cleaner part-time. We we're trying to push that and give them two or three shifts a week where they were cleaning for three hours, just getting out of Um But we ended up off the back of that. We had a lot of people that wanted ongoing sort of weekly or fortnightly or twice weekly cleans. Um, so I sort of branched. We, we, we ended up doing more of that than we did of sort of end of tenancy or removal day cleans. Um, and I soon realized that the, the margins weren't there for it. You know, there's only so much people will pay um, for it for a weekly clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that whenever my cleaner, one of my cleaners had a week off on their paid holiday, we had to do about a hundred hours of cleaning to cover the cost of that paid holiday, you know, so you were never going to get anywhere. And I realized that we needed to just focus on, the sort of removal day cleans and the end of tenancy cleans. But um, so I'm working with a girl um, who's got a cleaning background and she's wanting to start her own business, you know, so I'm able to point her in the right direction and basically learn from my mistakes mm-hmm. because I've, I've, I've been there and I've tried it and it didn't work this way or this way. So now I do it this way, you know, yeah. and it's just made a difference. You know, some of my clients I, I sort of work with longer term, you know, and we're, uh, we're on Skype once a month. Um, and sort of chatting with, with WhatsApp and in between and stuff like that, you know, if they're having bad days, you know, but um, some of them, they, they work with me for, for three, four months um, until they sort of, they've got enough information and then it's just like, just go, just go and do it, go and do it and have a crack at it. You know, if you, if you don't try, you'll never know, you know, um, but it's good because it, it, it incorporates everything that I enjoy. Like I'm really into health and fitness. Um, I've learned a lot through business. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really into property and everything as well. I'm learning a lot. I'm doing a lot, and you know, and and the 2008 crash is the best thing that happened to me because I mean, it took me a few years to realize it, but I realized that I really need to 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 change a lot here and and diversify, and I need to do more of of what I really enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, um, instead of doing what I think I should be doing, you know, or being responsible for for people's jobs and you know it, it was difficult for me taking over from my dad you know because there's a lot of pressure on me to keep the business going and keep the, the family business going 
Yeah. Um, you know, and at one point that pressure was almost too much for me. But, you know, I was able, whenever I sort of took a step back, I was like, well, no, I just need help. I, you know, I, I need to leverage people who are better at doing things than I am. Mm -hmm. So I can do more of what I enjoy, and what I enjoy actually brings more. Yeah, more there's, a, there's an ego, there's an ego thing in the way at that point as well. Um, <laughs> you know, even now, most of my guys are better out on the jobs than I am because you know yourself, your head's not there anymore. It's not, it's not all one hundred percent on what you're supposed to be doing, whereas theirs is. So yeah leveraging those people and it, it, but it is an ego thing because it's like god you, you kind of everybody kind of looks to you for the answers but even though I, I would just say i like now i would just go boys work out between yourselves because yeah you know you, you'll come up with a better you're doing it every single day i'm only doing it maybe once or twice a week now so you're actually you know you're doing it That's you're doing it consistently now so you probably have better answers than i do a lot of the time yeah and i yeah know, and they're they're I they're in the higher level tasks yeah and they're they're in the situation so if they have a situation that pops up you know they're they've maybe spent a few hours with the client that day um so they maybe know how best to manage the the clients um whether it's stress levels or expectations you know if something does pop up or if there are issues you know whereas you're making that call over the phone not being in the situation you know that that, that was one of the things i found difficult was um handing over control um, you know, and again, it was something that Brian helped me with when I was working with Brian and Janice, and, and he just said, well, look, why don't you try this? Every time they phone you with a problem, um, ask them, you know, well, what would you do? You know, and if they offer you two solutions, ask them to pick one, and if that's what you would have gone with, just let them know, well, yeah, look, see, you, you knew the right answer, you knew the right thing to do anyway, you know, and it'll get to a point where they no longer need to phone you, and you just have to trust that they're they're making the right decision. Oh, you know, easy for me to let go. Once once a once I crossed crossed the ego part that was getting in the way, it's like, yeah, we can because you want your business to run without you, but there's a wee part of your ego that doesn't want you to do it because you're like, well, geez, if I, if I'm, you don't feel important, you don't feel significant. Every, everyone likes to be needed. Everyone wants yeah. to be needed but and significant. I, yeah. I just do not give a fuck. I'm just like, make the decision. <laughs> <laughs> just go. Um, depending on what it is, obviously, but you done the day-to-day -day yeah. stuff, um, you know, the sales stuff and the, the higher level stuff, the market stuff, I really like to oversee it for now. But yeah, the day-to-day -day stuff the guys are all experienced enough that they all know what the expectations are we've got all the right equipment there's no really there's no real reason why we shouldn't be able to do what we yeah. need to do at a high level yeah. so yeah. you know it's the same thing i'd just go you know what would you do if it's going to cost me x amount don't fool me unless it's going to cost me more than a certain amount but yeah it's it's, it's actually it's really great for me now you know because a couple of years ago i sort of um, stepped away a good bit you know um, my wife came on board as a director he, she's really good at admin um, you know and she just oversees you know with an office manager and obviously you know Jim like he's the transport manager and um, Jim came in here to help us sort of branch more into shipping and, and international as well as manage the warehouse um, but he because he's run his own business before you know he understands what it's like and the pressures of it and he actually treats it like it's it's his you know and you, you know there's there's a support there so it's actually like i am actually hands off a lot of the time you know 
Um, I, I used to be, I would have been the first one there, giving the guys some paperwork, send them off, um, and last one there for everyone coming home, you know. But um, see now, it's, I, I, I get the odd phone call with a problem. Most, most of my stuff is dealing with the, the clients and, you know, I, I don't even arrange most of my appointments. They're mostly made for me and, and I just have to turn up and, and sort of do my thing, which, which I love. You know, I love meeting people, I love chatting to people. Um, you know, and it's really nice, you know, when you convert that into a sale. But, you know, nine times out of ten, we, we don't have to try too hard because the guys do a good job and have a good reputation, similar to yourselves, you know. And that's why when, when this is over and all settles down, You'll, you'll come out really, really strong out of it because you've got a good reputation, you've got a good brand, and you've got really good guys working for you. You know, you do a good job. It, we're, we're in the kind of industry where reputation is everything. Especially, um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you, you don't want to... You want to get to a stage, you know, like I said, I realised in 2008, we, we, we were paying so much on advertising, you know, and if the work dries up, it, you know, the, it depends so much on advertising is um, you're over leveraged, you know, and, and it's a struggle. But I, I've sort of realized that you, you shouldn't need to spend a fortune on advertising. You know, um, you know, if you have, like, I'm sure you've got a couple of good relationships with a couple of estate agents, you know, a few estate agents out your neck of the woods and stuff and see if you do a good job for their clients, you know, it's an extension of them, you know, they, they want to recommend you to them because they know you're going to do a good job. They recommend you to everybody, you know. Do you people, a couple are recommending us now. Well, that's what you want. It's an easy sale as well, but it's, it's easy because you're getting good feedback. And for me, the, the relationship with the estate agent is, is important because they are yes they like a bit of commission of course everybody does everybody likes an affiliate uh, but you know more important to them is the fact that they're delivering a good service to their clients and the clients getting a thank you and well that's know, it commission or no commission. You, they're, 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 they're getting their significance from it as well you know they're getting their their ego stroke at the end of it which is just as what everybody really wants well that's it but whether there's a commission or not if, if you if they recommend you to someone and you do a bad job Mm -hmm. they ain't gonna do it anymore you know so it is it's super important you know um that, that that to stay consistent and keep delivering on the service you know i know you're you're wanting to grow but um one of the things if, if you're chatting with other removal companies or anything one of the biggest difficulties when you're trying to grow your company is making sure you have reliable reliable staff you know guys and job guys that will turn up you know you don't want to be stuck with guys that some days they might not turn in because they may be like watching the football and having a few pints on a Sunday afternoon, you know, they might not be in on the Monday. So it's getting the staff and, you know, the staff all have to be on board. You know, the staff have to understand why you're doing it. You know, you're doing it because it's, it's a stressful day for the client and you want to make that as stress-free as possible, you know, um, and everyone's got to buy into that, you know, and if turning up a man short or turning up late because you had to go and get somebody out of the bed, you know, it, it's just that it, it might be a small blip, but, but, but all those things add up, you know, so yeah. that's why I'm saying, you know, you've got good guys there at the minute, you know, you enjoy working on the vans, you know, if, if you can keep that as it is and maybe, maybe add another 
one or two guys. You know, you don't want to go, you don't want to be a, a four truck eight man team in six months or a year from now because, you know, you, you don't want to be. Yeah, you don't want to go too fast. You know, you want to just keep going, keep tucking the money under the mattress. Um, you need to have the infrastructure in place to do that as well, because you know. If there's going to be that many jobs a day, then there's going to be more surveys. And, and if you're, you're going too fast and you don't have the right infrastructure with, you know, staff and hiring and even, you know, if I, if I didn't have an admin person at that stage, you know, let's say I grew from that to that in a year's time. I mean, I kind of know where I'm trying to hit over the next year and what I need to have in place by then. And then obviously get, get the money in as well. But if you were to try and, if you were to scale too fast, it can be, detrimental to you as well yeah because yeah. then you miss orders and then you rush things and you mess things up and then it's, your reputation just goes from steadily increasing it can just drop straight away yeah one, one thing we we've been guilty of in the past was um trying to um you're taking on too much work you know like i'm sure you see the pattern as well the last week of the month is always the busiest you know so um it's, we've been guilty of maybe taking on that one job too many or maybe taking on a couple of packing jobs that week when we really couldn't afford to to have those men off the removals, you know. Um, and then you end up, maybe a couple of the jobs, you end up working late and the customer wasn't best pleased, you know, or as you get towards the end of the week, the guys are, are fatigued, you know, and the, and the drag on a wee bit late. And if the customer's got kids, they need to have them bed for seven o'clock and you're still there building beds, you know, it's not ideal. So. I mean, that's one thing that we try and avoid is spreading ourselves too thin. You know, again, you, years in the past, you know, we've, we've had... That phrase, I'll squeeze you, we'll, we'll try and squeeze you in. I never use it. It's just either we're yeah. doing it and it's going to be at this price at this time or it's not happening because, yeah. you know, you feel like you're doing people a favour, but you're actually... You're not really because, like you say, you're there at 7 or 8 o'clock at night and the guys are tired. Everybody suffers from it and then you suffer mentally. And if you've misquoted it, then again you're screwed because you're going to be getting people up for more money. And yeah, and you know, and and the customer ultimately, the customer's not going to have the best experience or the experience that 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 they've yeah. been promised when you were out giving them a, uh, doing the survey or giving them a quote. You know, so like you I don't want that. We're off camera, but you know the the problem we had in London. That was yeah. You know, when I went there, I went there in December, and you know when it, everything the shit hit the fan, I was like, we can't do you know we're better off not doing this because we're going to do it the high quality. And yeah. our experience and our experience as well was just awful and I felt really bad for her. But yeah, yeah. I did try and warn her that we should have postponed it because it wasn't going to be done to the level that we promised. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's hard when, when you sort of put yourself in their shoes at the end of the day, if they have a deadline and they need it done, by that date, you know, they might say, look, don't, don't worry, you know, I'm sure you, you'll do your best, you know, and then ultimately when it comes to, if it doesn't go well, they, they are still going to feel short change, you know, so it is, it's, it's being uh, brave enough to say, no, look, we, we just can't take it on that week and you might be losing a few hundred quid or a few thousand quid, you know, but it's, um, yeah, sometimes you just have to do that rather than giving someone a bad experience, you know. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the things that is difficult for we're probably talking what day is it we've been talking for ages here have we? <laughs> um, no, it was just, um, 
one of the things that is difficult about our industry is that um, people maybe don't see it as a skill, you know, as a, as a proper profession. You know, like a joiner has a skill, a plumber has a skill, an electrician has it. Like, I'm not going to go and, and, and rewire the house, you know, or like, I, I'm not good with electrics. I got a shop when I was younger, you know, so I wouldn't touch electrics, you know. Yeah. But a lot of people maybe think, well, it's just lifting and shifting. I could do that myself. Or my mate with a van can do it. You know, they and don't that, realize. I don't that anybody who's ever tried to move eyes themselves, and they will tell you that it is a skill. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like you're doing a, it's a giant game of Tetris, you know, packing out the truck, you know. And, you know, the skill, you know, somebody once said to me, well, you know, what's the end product? And I said, well, the end product is everything in the new house intact with no damage done and a happy customer you know you don't have to you don't have to see like a a new kitchen to see an end product you, you know like a, a joiner or a plumber would, would fit you know the end product is everything moved intact and the customer happy you know um so it is it's unfortunately we're one of those industries where and again like everybody in the chain so the solicitor it's pretty much all set fees fixed fees yeah. The estate agent, it's a percentage usually of the, the sale of the house, you know, and those guys are, are essential in the in the whole process. Whereas us, you know, people are like, right, and um, plus their their fees all come out whenever the house sale goes through. So it comes out, they, they never actually have that money in their pocket, whereas people are actually handing over money to us, you know. So that's why it's very important that they do get what they pay for, you know. Um, and over the years, I've kind of realized that people's expectations are, are, are getting even higher. You know, they're expecting more out, out of the, the guys that are coming yeah. in. So if you're able to offer that good, excellent service, you know, um, a good customer service um, where you're, you're just super reliable and you make it a really good process for them, you know, the reputation is everything. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And it's something we're working on every single day and every single week just tweaking and tracking and seeing what's working and seeing what's not, eliminating what's not and trying out new things, which is something that we can afford to do because the size we are, it's it's easy to try something new and it's yeah. easy to remove things. Maybe if you were sort of a bigger company, it might, might be a bit more difficult. Um, but the, uh, I heard this before that there's only 15 people, 15% of people listen to the end of a podcast. So what have you got to say for those 15 people? Or fifteen percent of people. Fifteen percent of people listen to the end, right to the end. Right to the end. Uh, so I I would say it's it's way less than that this time around. So, um, so just just advice when it comes to the removal industry or anything in general or. Um. Yeah, like just for business in in, in general, you know. Um, for me, I, I always, one of the things that I always do and, and when I'm doing training with the, the guys or anyone I'm coaching, you always have to put yourself in the customer's shoes, your client's shoes, you know, and understand what their expectations are um, and what they want. And whenever you understand that, you're able to deliver and the, the kind of service that, that you have to, that will leave them a, a happy customer. Um, you know, and my advice from this whole coronavirus sort of lockdown is, um, you know, have a have a like do some soul searching. You know, have a think. If you're not missing your job, 
you know, maybe you should be looking to do something else. You know, um, do some research, see what's out there, take some courses, read some books, you know, listen to some audio books. You know, there's YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, YouTube is, is so powerful. You know, you can literally look up anything, you know, yeah. how to make more money, how to be happy, you know, how to make money from home. You know, if you like working from home and you're able to work from home, you know, and get more time with your, your family and your, your loved ones, then, you know. It's not for me. <laughs> but it's, it's never too late it's never too late to change you know and that's one um again like gary vaynerchuk's brilliant you know he says that you know everybody's thinking about you you'll be successful when you're earning this much money you know whereas su success is happiness you know if you're you know you don't have to be earning a hundred thousand a year to be happy you know you could be earning thirty thousand a year but you have so much time with your family and quality time and time to get to the gym that you're just happy and you just live within your means, you know, and um, what is it? He says, you know, uh, was it 90% of people work in jobs that they don't like to pay for the things they don't need to impress people they don't like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which is so true, you know, and we should be putting happiness um, on a, on a higher pedestal, you know, when everyone's, everyone's different, you know, everyone's happy is different, you know, I think it's very important to enjoy what you do. I yeah. went through years where I, there was so many elements that I wasn't enjoying, and yeah. whereas now, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm involved in the business and the elements that I enjoy, yeah. and I've got people that I trust that are doing the other bits, yeah. um, and I'm just, you know, life, life's, life's pr pretty good, you know, um, yeah. Brilliant. That, yes. And if yeah. anyone wants to get in touch with Paul, um, I'll put a link underneath the the podcast or underneath the YouTube channel. Um yep. which will obviously go straight to your socials and your, your Instagram and stuff if anybody wants to get in touch with you for coaching or whatever. But um, thanks very much yeah. appreciate that. Well thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. Good chat today. Yeah. My removal specific so um, I'm well yeah but that's it. You know we're we're competitors but we're friendly competitors, you know, and we help each other out. You know, we we've sort of teamed up on different jobs. We've helped you you've helped us out a lot, you know, so um you don't uh, like you know, we're all in the same industry. We all know it's tough, you know, but you can actually, when you put your heads together and work together, it actually runs smoother and, and you can yeah. help each other out, you know? So, um, yeah, we don't have to be uh, enemies or anything like that. You know, it's, there's, there's, there's plenty of people out there that, that need the service, you know, and, and if we can complement each other, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thanks very much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Get Thinking Podcast and I will be back very soon.